With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yes, a very good evening as we celebrate all things to do with Hurricanes Rugby Big Game this weekend. They take on the Blues. And I've got to say, considering rest and rotation, a pretty good performance against the Chiefs team at home. I thought both teams were brilliant in the wet, very good ball handling skills. Maybe the difference, just the big boppers up front, that forward pack from the Chiefs, maybe just having a little bit more parity, particularly in the loose, particularly in the phase play, 10 metres out from the line. My co-host for the next half an hour is a man who played 22 tests for Scotland. He played for the Hurricanes, he played for North Harbour, Gordon Simpson. Gordon, evening, welcome. Hello, Mark, good evening, yes. Um, yeah, no, it's, it was a... Um yeah, it was a pretty good performance by the Hurricanes on the weekend. Like you said, um, I think we counted like seven of maybe normal starting players out of that team. Appalling. Yeah. Absolutely. No, seriously, oh, yeah, appalling. Exactly. You knew that the Hurricanes were never going to win that game, but I thought, considering the number of changes, they were very, very good. Yeah, I mean, I think there was probably a few little issues like, I think the line-out was a little bit messy on behalf. You know, when you're throwing, like you mentioned, when you're throwing your third hooker, um, maybe the combinations weren't there and that probably hit us a little bit, those lineouts. Um, but, you know, listen, to be fair, I'd be more concerned if I was the Chiefs coach and the, the Hurricanes coach at the moment because I think despite all the annoyingness of not having those players for the Hurricanes in the team, I think the Chiefs put a pretty strong team together and they didn't really look any... They, didn't, they certainly didn't look unbeatable uh, moving into the sort of the... Um, the uh, playoffs coming up, so um, I think there's more concern there than there would be with the Hurricanes team because I thought the Hurricanes team, with with the calibre of the players that we had there, we did particularly well. A little bit of confusion at the back there at times between Morgan and Morby. They'll need to sort that out against the Blues because otherwise the Blues will target them. Yeah, I still I still have my reservations. Um, in, in, it's obviously the reason the playing Morgan at the moment is true to Brett Cameron not being available. I still think he rushes things. I still think he looks a very nervous player on the field. Um, and there was obviously um, uh, acknowledgement of that when him and, him and um, um, Morby, Morby, sorry, um, had that collision and they, they looked a little bit on edge a, a lot of times when they kicked them back, uh, the ball back to them. So, yeah, they need to sort that out. Uh, certainly don't know the team formation yet. Um, but um, geez, I'd really like to know when Brett Cameron's coming back, if he is coming back, um, because I just feel that he's, he's the missing link for the Hurricanes at the moment. Who stepped up for you from the Hurricanes in terms of those, I guess, the not the fringe players, that those players who, you know, in a perfect world would probably not make the starting lineup. Um well I think I think um um Billy Proctor was obviously a starter and, and he, he he performed well. They had a, they lacked a lot of um, experience out in the back line. Kenina Holo, you know, he, he's coming on and he's he is stepping up. He's still he's still at green at times and there was potentially a try that could have been if he'd passed in field when he, he made an outstanding break in that first half. Um, so I think he stepped up. I think. Listen, I know. I, I know. I'm probably on Aidan Morgan's back quite a bit, but I think he's doing some good things as well. Um, but he just needs to. 
he just I think he's just still a little bit green for this Hurricanes team. Um, and listen, the other one was Iose. You know, his hands let him down a bit, but his general play around the field was outstanding. And he obviously, his speed when he got that um, that uh, lost ball by um, the young, uh, who's our first five uh, for the Chiefs? Um, Damien McKenzie. McKenzie, yeah, when he Sorry, dropped Damien the ball. McKenzie, yeah. When he, when he um, dropped the ball, um, sort of latched onto that and showed some outstanding pace. So he, he stepped up too this year, I think. How big a concern the injury to Devin Flanders? Yeah, well, he's been my sort of my main player of the year. I thought he's been outstanding. So it's it's concerning. But I think with Iose there now um, and what, what he also brings to the team and he's really showed some sort of talent this year too. I don't think we'll lose a lot, but Devin Flanders has just been that, he's just been that, that key link that we've had in the four pack this year. He's just out and out, just been outstanding each game, putting an 80-minute performance in. Did they play the game right tactically based on the weather conditions? Yeah, again, um, I feel the Hurricanes are a better team when they keep the ball in hand, and I felt that there there was a lot of kicking, uh, aimless kicking from um, Adam Morgan at times. Um, you know, the, the Chiefs kicked really well, and they kicked they kicked long and deep, um, and away from the Hurricanes. Hurricanes when they kick, they tended to kick straight to the um, the Chiefs players, um, and sort of it was sort of an easy sort of retrieve back for the for the Chiefs to bring the ball back towards the Hurricanes. So. Um, I also don't know if Aidan Morgan's got a really big mm. boot because it didn't seem like he had a great, a lot of distance going on and um, tough conditions. Yes, I admit that. But um, yeah, I, I feel like the Hurricanes are a better team when they play with the ball. Conditions were difficult, obviously. I understand that. But um, I felt that the kicking was a little bit aimless. How much is your front row disrupted when you lose your hooker Devery after 17 minutes and you've got to have Fiverr come on? Yeah, I think um, I think that was pretty obvious with the lineouts and. How they struggled. Um, the Hurricanes they had some they had some great attacking uh, chances uh, in both halves, and uh, it was a lack of a uh, missing the missing, missing the jumper from the lineout, or just a combination the jumper not going the right time. A combination um, that's massive, and they're key positions, um, and that's why I sort of scratched my head. You know, why was Coles and Amur not involved? Yeah. No Amur, no Coles, no Lomax, no Adi Sevilla and no uh, Geordie Barrett. I mean, you felt that if you had had Barrett, you had had Savir and possibly an Amor or a Dane Coles at hooker, I, I think you could have won this game. And I think you're right. I think for those reasons, the Chiefs have probably got more concerns, particularly coming off the back of a loss against the Reds the week before. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, even one of those players you mentioned, yeah, having them on there... Um, because there was times in that game where the Hurricanes, if they'd put points on or they'd, they'd got some points on the board, um, it would have maybe got the Chiefs thinking a little bit more and sort of saying, you know, what's going on here? Um, I just think there was there was times in that game where uh, a more experienced player on the pitch would have done, would, would have sort of helped out. But, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say it from the sideline, but um, especially in those conditions. Um, I wasn't down there, obviously, but the conditions were tough. But both teams have got to play in them, you know. Okay, so it's the Blues this weekend. Uh, really important game for both teams. Blues, probably the real surprise package of the weekend. They've been frustrating all season, but that might have just been their best performance away against Queensland, against the Reds, a Reds team that would have been high on confidence after having beaten the Chiefs. They play at Eden Park. So the Hurricanes will be back at full strength. How do they play this Blues team? Yeah, I'm How not do sh- they shut them down? Yeah, I'm not or sure. do you need to shut them down? Wow. Well, 
I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you can shut the Blues down. Um, I think with the Reds game, yes, they did play well. But I th- also remember um, Stevie saying last week that the, after that Chiefs, um, after they beat the Chiefs, they might have gone on the uh, booze for a few days. So who knows what rugby the, players don't do that, do they? Oh no, no, no. When I say a few days, I mean a few hours. Um, um, <laughs> so so uh, it might have just been the plane trip home. So, um, but listen, um, getting back to your question, uh, how did the Hurricanes beat the the um, the Blues? Well, you know, the forward, if I remember back to the first game against the when, the when they lost them down in Wellington, the Hurricanes, um, the, the set phase for the Hurricanes was good. The, the scrum was dominant, um, and um, their lineout was pretty good. So they've, they've got to they've got to obviously retain their own ball, which they didn't do against the Chiefs. Um, so the set phase dominate the set phase, and then. You know, try and get some of these. Come and try and get some of these um, these exciting backs into the game. I, 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 I get really frustrated with them just kicking down and kicking to nothing. If they're going to kick, kick to try and retain the ball back. Yes, yeah, it's interesting. I heard Justin Marshall pick his form team at the moment on a, a different medium, and he actually had Proctor in his form team at centre. And you could look at Rikawani and argue that he's been somewhat out of form. You want to see those key matchups, don't you? You know, I, I reckon there is still a weakness at second 5-8, which I think Geordie Barrett can certainly exploit opportunity for him to sort of step up as well. And then you've got the Blues, and I'll put this one to you, and I'm going to probably get Steve's point of view at 7.30, but O'Terry Black looking like he will come back in, but no Bowden Barrett by a deep cut in his heel. I mean, I'd argue that Bowden Barrett, yes, he looked good against the Reds, but I think his form's been pretty average for the last two years. I actually reckon it's it strengthens the Blues by not having him on the park. Yeah, potentially. I think he has been gaining a little bit of confidence over the last few games, but um, he has certainly been inconsistent, especially over the last two years. Um, there's definitely been some um, confidence. He's a very much a confidence player, and he has had a lot. It looked like there's been a lack of confidence here in sort of ex- expressing himself, going to the line, taking taking the opposition uh, line on. So, um, yeah, O'Terry Black, yeah, I mean, listen, I, you're probably right. Um, He'll want to also put his, um, put his oh, best performance sorry, I on. Sorry, I meant Stephen Perifetta, not O'Terry Black. My apologies, yep. Ah, Stephen Perifetta, yeah. So, sorry, O'Terry I mean, Black, I haven't heard from him no, for a while. No, 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 my apologies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my apologies. I meant Stephen Perifetta, not O'Terry Black. I get confused between the two Hurricanes boys. Yeah, well, I think I think, um, I think think Steve's been trying to, uh, if, if um, Bowden was going to sort of fall over or just get, have a break, uh, Perifetta should sort of um, go straight into that 10. He's, he apparently really likes it at that 10 position. So, um yeah, listen, he's um, he's in and around the All Black selections too, uh, Peter Feder. So, um, and he's he's a very skillful, very um, knowledgeable player, and has a good head on him. So, yeah, you might be right. He might, it might be the, the um, it might be a strength for the Blues. Uh, well, he likes to run the line. Where I think Bowden yeah. has been a little bit sort of gun shy. That's right. And yeah. yeah, he steps up against lesser opposition, but against quality opposition, I think he's gone missing, and I think it's a real opportunity to exploit them. But then I say. He's not going to be playing. So, yeah. hey, hey, look. So mm. we know that um, just just going back and having a look at uh, Devin Flanders, um, I'm assume is going to be unavailable for this week. So, who do they then bring in at six? Do you bring Karifi in? Uh, Karifi will be at seven. Karifi will be at seven. Um, oh, Duplessis Karifi. My apologies. Yeah, he'll Again, be at seven. Having... Yeah, Artie will be at eight, and IOC will be. They'll put him on at um, six. He's been playing well, and he 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 played he played last week against the Chiefs. Um, 
So th- th- that'll be the three Lucys. See, um, I mean, with my, with I, my yeah. performance tonight, I'd be knocking on every time I got the ball. I'd be substituted by now. So you know how you have bad games. You know how you have bad games in rugby. Some days you can have bad games on air. Two clangers in the space of two minutes. They've just gone upstairs, and I'm about to be substituted. They're going to bring Ben in shortly to do this program. I Such can't remember having my a bad game. No, you never had no, a bad game, did you? No, no, I don't either, mate. Yeah. I'm just surprised they didn't knight you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, they obviously didn't get the the email and the, and the um, numerous texts I sent them. Um, it's funny about you say about those bad calls. I know we're sort of going off a little bit the subject here, but I'm finding the referees in New Zealand this year quite average. Um, there's been a there was a Highlanders Rebels game which the and I, I don't know if there is still a TMO available because they don't seem to be using it because there were some shockers in that game and there was some shockers in the um, in the Hurricanes Chiefs game. Sorry to just go off subject, but. You know, we they we say that um, we can't attack these guys. Well, not, they don't get attacked. But it feels like that's what's happening out in the field because no one's. They think that if they make a mistake, oh, so I, I'll get a game next week. I'm not going to yeah, get yeah, crucified. But, but that's it, isn't it? I mean, I know they're highly reviewed, but yeah. we never seem to see referees getting dropped. At least no. in the NRL, they are dropped. Yep. But I would like to see. Um, somebody fronting up after a game to maybe explain some decisions. Now, if you get it wrong, that's fine. Just yeah. say, look, we got that one wrong. I got that one wrong. Nobody think. I mean, I always think that the biggest problem with the game is still, it's just so open to interpretation. Mm. But yeah, they need to be held. They're a big part of the game. I mean, the Rugby World Cup will be won on red cards, yellow right. cards, and refereeing decisions. Exactly. And we're not allowed to criticise them. No. Hey, uh, sorry, uh, just in my uh, moment of where I was knocking on constantly, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. Uh, I was I talked about Karifi. Uh, the player I was actually referring to was Peter Luckey. Where does he sit in that loose forward mix? Does he get an opportunity? Um, Eden Park. It seems to. I don't know. It's just a sort of a ground that I, I think sort of suits a player like that. Yeah. Is he back from the under twenties? I'm not sure because he was away. But he, is he back from the under twenties? Because it was him and I think uh, Godfrey was in the under twenties. Um, okay, so he's so, missing through the yeah, under twenties. Well, that's selection. what I'm thinking because that's where I mentioned the seven players that were missing from last week's game. Um, there was two of them with the under twenty, so mm. I'm not sure about that tournament. But if he was available, I would certainly have him off the bench because, um, especially if he lose Flanders, um, he, to me, he'd be the next one stepping up. Yeah, no, it just had it confirmed that he is in fact part of that New Zealand under twenty team. Yeah. It's interesting because he just looks like a player that's well above his years. I, I didn't even sort of consider him that he'd be sort of in that under twenties team. Yeah, listen, he, he started off a few games to begin the season. He sort of had a, you know, probably lost a little bit of form, or not so much lost some form, but just sort of we sort of just sort of. Bring him into the into the Super Rugby competition, so um, potentially obviously playing more games, but he's obviously uh, busy at the moment with uh, another sort of um, team to, to to try and win a competition with. We're gonna have Jamie McIntosh on the program very shortly. We've had a really really derogatory text come in from um, former All Black Steve Devine regarding the Hurricanes. I can't read that on out on air, but that man is just he's an evil evil nasty man. That um, he's a halfback. That halfback. They're all nasty. I mean, you should read the text that we got from Steve Devine. Terrible, terrible text. Anyway, uh, we'll take a break. The DHL Super Rugby Pacific oh, is no. underway. <laughs> Chemist Warehouse, the real household fragrances. It is 19 minutes after seven. Mark Watson alongside of me, Gordon Simpson, hoping to get Jamie McIntosh on the programme to talk some hurricanes because that's what we do here every Wednesday night. We do Hurricane Valley. I've always got to check out Hurricane Excellence, Hurricane Valley, the wind. I mean, this show could be called a whole lot of things. (laughs) They could do, yeah. Yeah. Probably have to do an R rating on it, though. When you first started playing Super Rugby, did we still have... Athletic Park, or did we have the cake tin at that point? Nah, Athletic Park, we played all our home games. Well, obviously we were around a, a, a massive territory, so we um, we played at, um, 
yeah, Athletic Park. Where else did we play? We played at uh, in New Plymouth. Uh, obviously, the first game was in uh, the showgrounds in Palmerston. Yeah. First ever Super Rugby game, which we played the Blues. Um, and yeah, um, New Plymouth. Um, was it called? The, was it, I can't remember the actual name of it back then. Whether it was New Plymouth Stadium, whether it got called the Bull Ring for a while. I think after Bull Allen. Yeah, Great after Bull, our, our captain in the first inaugural uh, season. So. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of it. And we, oh, we played in Napier too. We played up in um, McLean's Park. Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we spread it around a bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think most games we what played. What are they called? Yarrow Stadium, wasn't it? Yeah, Yarrow Stadium. Yarrow Stadium. After the baking company down there. That's uh, right. It must yeah. have been a privilege though, because you would have played with Umanga. You would have played with the great Christian Cullen. Yeah, no, good guys. Um, obviously very talented. I mean, you made yeah. them look good too. I mean, let's be honest, man. Unless you've got a forward pack going forward, they ain't even in the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're. Oh, you mentioned in Christian Cullen's book. I would have mentioned you. Uh, I haven't read it, so but so, in saying that, I haven't really read many books. So you can uh, read though for a forward. Yeah, I can read. Okay, yeah, all right. I, so. I did. My no, because there's, my always, that, did, there's yeah. always that rumor that you forwards couldn't read, but yeah, that's no, my, okay. No, my mum sent me to a um, a, um, a a private school, so not that it did jack all good. I mean, it helped me out to, in, <laughs> in in sporting terms, but um, um, so um, yeah. Listen, uh, you know, we had the likes of Norm Hewitt. Obviously, Bull was our captain. Um, and then we had Philo Tiatia. Yeah, hell of a side, myself, really, when you look back. Two massive Scotland players, and myself and Martin Leslie. And then um, who was our halfback? Reese Duggan. It's uh, named from the blast from the past. Simon Mannix. Yep. Um, we played one test for the All Blacks, Simon Mannix. Yes. Um, he's doing very well coaching in France, isn't he? These I believe days, so. Simon I, Mannix, believe, yeah. I believe he's got a good golf swing, too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, as I say, it doesn't matter whether you play one test or a hundred tests, you're still an All Black, aren't you? Yeah, so that's what they tell me at my um, old school, which is on the honours board, and which uh, Liam Barry's on one, and I'm not. So, um, yet I played for, I represented New Zealand at, um, at school. So, I represented the New Zealand secondary schools at school, but that's not regarded as an All Black honour. <laughs> or yeah. a, a New Zealand honour, if you like. Yeah. So I've got a little bit of a pet hate about that. So, but we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> I've already talked to the principal about that. So yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, just going back to that, yeah, boy, Reese Duggan, uh, wonderful player. And, and you just mentioned there, Martin Leslie, and um, what we've just had John Leslie become coach of Northland. Yeah, yeah, no, really interesting. You played to hear with that. you played with John up in Scotland. Yeah, JL. I think if I'm correct, um, I don't know if it still stands, but John Leslie. You John Leslie got the uh, fastest test try in, uh, in in one of our um, in one of our we've got sorry, Stevie, Stevie Devine <laughs> putting his head yeah. through the window, waving a bloody blues flag and jumping up and down like a clown. Oh, he's got, oh I'm going to love next week when I. You come should back just in. go and beat him up. Yeah, no, nah, I can't. I've still got a sore arm. Bicep. <laughs> He'd probably take. You could do now. with a left arm, mate, he's, couldn't you? He's put on a bit of weight lately, yeah, eh? yeah. so he's got a, he's got a bit of bulk about him. Yeah. So <laughs> he's dancing around now with a blues flag as a mini skirt, being a cheerleader. Um, yeah, sorry, as I was rudely interrupted by Stephen Devine. Um, he uh, John Leslie scored. Uh, I don't know if it still stands. The fastest ever Test try. We played Wales, in, in Wales. I don't know if it still stands, but it was the Six Nations game. Um, it was outstanding. Mm. Basically, kick off. He caught the kick off. Ran, scored. How, so. how much of a fortress? Because I've been using this week to talk a little bit more nostalgically. And we had, um, we had, uh, who did we have on the program last night? We had Josh Cromfield just talking about the Highlanders and his time down there in Carisbrook and stuff. Mm. So, I mean, how much of a fortress was Athletic Park? Was was home advantage a big one down there with that with that wind and the Millard Stand? Yeah, the conditions were tough. Um, it was sort of a game of two halves, excuse the um, cliche, but um, you know you sort of defended one half and attacked the other half, kicked the ball down there because it was a it was an enormous wind, and um, and um, 
Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it was difficult to play. You could never really nail it because um, because the wind, whether it was a mild wind or a real strong wind, um, and just depends on how good we, your fullback was. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any good dust ups in those early years of Super Rugby? Oh, dust ups. Um, sort of another thing that's gone out of the game, but we all have a little bit of the old. Buff, oh don't we? yeah, now it's just handbags and toys. Um, um, I'm trying to think if we had any good bust ups. Um, Jeez, uh, I, I, I can hardly remember yesterday. I'm trying to remember back to 15, 20 years ago. Sorry, mate, you're a, 15. Front, you're a front row forward. Um, the funniest <laughs> thing you saw in the crowd, I asked Josh this yesterday too. Just, just curious, always interested to sort of. Funniest thing I saw in the crowd. Yeah, was there anything like he talked about chants that went up against certain players with, you know, derogatory terminologies against the opposition? He always enjoyed a good streaker. He didn't have any problem with any of that sort of stuff, <laughs> eh? Yeah, we got a few streakers, but they unfortunately they're mostly all males. It's <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, nah, not quite working um, for me. Get this you know, man off the field. I know, I know, we, I know, we sort of criticise it a bit when the, we do have those people invade the pitch and the, the security, the, the security guy absolutely hammer them. I love that stuff, mm. eh? You know, it's like put that, get that guy a jersey and put him in, put him next to me, mate. I have him tackling next yeah, to but me. Yeah, th- but, that, but that's what it's all about, isn't it? And this is what I keep saying about rugby and that sport. These sports administrations have got to stop pretending that we're all of the highest moral standing, that we all just don't, we don't condone anything negative. The reality is we're all damn flawed. Man's defeats are on the front pages of the newspapers. Man's victories are on the back. You've got 200,000 predominantly women, some of the most intelligent people who every week tune in and watch Married at First Sight, which is nothing short of a (laughs) bloody train wreck. That right there, that right there should be a message to all sports organisations. Let the biff go. Encourage a little bit of streaking. Let the crowd have some entertainment yeah and listen I, I know it first hand because my brother was a clown and a bit of an idiot he liked to do the odd street too and do stuff like that um, do we also have security here because I think I think Devine's drunk I think he might be. I we think might he's had a couple. Testimony. I think he has. He's been he's at the uh, pub the afternoon, all afternoon, <laughs> maybe with the blues, hopefully. Uh, anyway, uh, Chemist Warehouse, uh, Chemist Warehouse, the Real House of Fragrances. The DHL Super Rugby Pacific is underway. Who's your DHL Super Rugby Hurricanes Player of the Week? Uh, I'm going to go with the fullback, Josh Morby. Uh, so he, um, I thought he was outstanding and in real tough conditions. Yes, he had one slip up with um, with Aidan Morgan, but overall, you know, it's a it would have been tough in those conditions being back there with all the, the kicks coming down for and so I thought he performed outstandingly Okay and your DHL Super Rugby Pacific Player of the Round I can't keep going past this guy uh, Hurricane uh, sorry the Highlanders boy um, I think he's just outstanding week to week and it's just it's I just love watching him Billy Harmon he just, he's just a machine Yeah and Justin Marshall gave Billy Harmon the heads up too oh, and yeah. well, I talked to Josh Cronfeld about him yesterday and everybody every week says you know this guy's standing out to in a team that's not performing which is even greater credence Yeah and my po- my poorest uh, player of the week would be Stephen Devine Steve Devine yeah, ever p- poor, poor effort um, for the whole week um Added nothing, gave no value. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a travesty, isn't it, that he yeah. actually played 12 tests for the All Blacks and you played none. I mean, there's no justice in the world, is it? Was there bribery, I think he's, was there bribery I think, back then? I think he saved a lot more money and, and, and sort of, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't like giving few my envelopes, money away. few envelopes under the yeah, table. Yeah, I didn't like giving my money away, yeah. having that Scottish part of me. So, um, But he obviously didn't have a problem with it. So, you know, the under table thing, you know. And then following, funny, the following week, he's, he's an All Black. The GHL Super Rugby Pacific catch the action live on Sky Sport or get tickets at superrugby.co.nz. Right, I'll give you a final 30 seconds here, uh, Gordon, just to encourage Hurricanes fans maybe this weekend. You can turn up this weekend. Your full side's probably going to take the park. 
Yeah, it'll be nice if a full strength team. Listen, they've got two chances. They've got this week and next against the Crusaders to get some get some points and and um, try and take over those terrible people from the Blues, um, and and hopefully you know make Stephen Devine a very very unhappy man for for a little while. Well, this show's over now. You can go out and punch him. Yeah, no, I tend to do that. He's I'll, already I'll, starting to run. He's going down the corridor. He's running. I'd love to. I'm, I'm going to listen to his commentary too because it's uh, it'll be interesting to hear. Nothing worse uh, than these halfbacks. They eh? cowards wise after the fact. They talk a good game. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and then yeah. they stand behind their forward pack. <laughs> Twenty-eight minutes after seven. As always, thank you, Gordon. That is another edition of All Things to Do with the Hurricanes, Hurricanes Valley for another week. We'll do it again next Wednesday.